0: Example one. Hey, that's such a lovely sweater that you have. I I love it, it looks so good on you. Thank you, it's brand new. But your shirt, it's so nice and you always dress so well. How do you do that? Thank you so much. No no one's actually ever said that to me. So, so nice, thank you. I wonder why. (laughs) Example two. You know, for us as a company, it's really important that we live the values that we have and especially that we try to talk good about others, not just as colleagues, but especially with customers. You know, language mm-hmm. is the key to people's hearts. You know that. Yes, yes. I'm so sorry for my mistakes. No, no, no. It's, you it's know? okay. You know, it yeah. happens. It happens all the time. Thank you you. Just <laughs> take care next time. Like, be careful okay, about I'll that. Try. Okay, try. You know? Yes. <laughs> Wait, I got a call. One second. Oh, no, that asshole. Seriously? What does he want? Hi, thanks for calling. Hey, how can I help you? Example three. You know what's best about church? What I love most about Sundays like no. being in worship. And you know, in in the worship, like letting myself be filled with God's love. Mm-hmm. And the best part about that is actually that I can give that love back to other people, like being loving with, with my neighbor, with people around me is the best wow. thing ever, isn't it? It's like, so. Yeah, wow, that's so impressive. I mean, for me, it's really hard to just love everyone, you know, like love my neighbors. You know, it's not that hard, actually, you know, you just yeah. have to do it, really. It's just- yeah, but if I can be honest with you and really tell so you know to, to listen shows. to my neighbors with their struggles, sometimes I just sorry. Can I you don't just know. take the picture of me on stage? Uh, it's just so good to be here for the first time. It's just <laughs> with, with all the people. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, that's better. Thank you. <laughs> it's cool.
1: Over to you, Leo. So thank you so much, our amazing team. <laughs> Wow, how cool is that? I want to special greet our micro churches. We have a church in Liberia, a church in Bali, in Elguna. That's amazing, Elguna. I will coach you soon. Um, and let's give our micro churches a big round of applause. Can we do that also on the online community? Marco Eli and all the people. So, and I want to ask you can you give us from Bali, Elguna, Liberia a big hand for us? Can you hear it? Wow, that was loud. It's impressive. So some people asked me the last couple of weeks, I preach a lot about some topics about relationships because I think we are in a very unique season because COVID was not a big help for us, how we handle relationships and family and all those things. And my topic is how to deal with hypocrites. Hypocrites, that's a very hard topic actually. And when you ask non-believers what they hate the most about us Christians, they will say church is a bunch of hypocrites. Have you ever heard that? It hurts a little bit because they say you're preaching about drinking water but, but then you drink wine behind the scenes. I want to ask you a question right in the beginning. Do you know some hypocrites in your life? Can you put up your hands? You know some hypocrites in your life. Thanks, put them down. So do you think you sit right now next to hypocrites? Don't put your hands up. <laughs> Stay wherever. Hey, I think... Uh, the last month, a lot of people, we have lost our trust in leadership, right? Because, for example, when COVID hit two years ago, uh, the Minister of, of uh, uh, England, uh, Johnson, said, stay at home, stay at home, no party and nothing. He gave a, a command to the whole entire UK, right? But in the same time, he did a party for his daughter with 60 people. And I think, uh, it's not the same because I'm the president. Those stories, it's not helpful for us to trust in leadership anymore, right? You see, the same thing in sport, in politics, and even though in churches, I have seen the last couple of months so many good leaders, strong leaders, big movement falling because they allowed certain topics not being honest and fair. Here's the point if you do something wrong as a leader, it's never a big deal to say, I'm so sorry. I made a mistake, I need forgiveness, please pray for me and God can restore me, right? That's never a big problem. The problem is always when we hide certain things for us, we preach and teach and challenge people from the stage, but the same thing, I have some issues in my life and nobody knows it and when it comes out, it's always no question that it creates a shitstorm and all those things, and a lot of people have to leave their jobs and stages and movements because you were not honest in that process. That's why I think it's a very, very deep and important message for us right now tonight. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 7 to 8, Jesus says, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their heart are far from me. And here the word hypocrites, I wrote it down for you, comes from the Greek, means hypocrites. And hypocrites comes from a guy who played on stage and acted on stage. And she said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. He says, you're walking around with some mask. You are not the real, you, you don't walk to talk. And Jesus was saying, why in the flipping world? You have a mask. That means a lot of people, will say, you have two persons are living in you. One person is what you pretend to be, and the second person is in you that nobody knows. And hypocrites means you have a mask, and you're honest, and nobody really knows what, what, you, what you play in your life. And I know when I speak about that topic, often it gets so quiet because... It's a very, very painful topic, actually, even though for you and me. And there are different types of hypocrites. And I want to read it down and think for a moment which one you can relate the most. If you don't relate to anyone, God bless you. You are Jesus. So the point number on the hypocrites types, it can be the sanctimious one. They are, from the outside, they're living, they're acting like a holy Christian, but the inside... It's everything is so wrong. Then the, the one who can do it all. The one who can do it all that people say, I have all the gifts. I don't need the church, but the church needs me because I have all the gifts. Have you ever met some people like that? Oh, they're all over. Then the one who knows it all. Do you know people, that knows it all. Whatever you share, they know even before you and even better and even after you. The one that always happy. Happy comes from a theology if you're weak and you say, how, how are you doing? You say, I'm doing fine. But your wife and your kids aren't doing good. You will say, what I proclaimed with your word is actually what happens in my life. And they're always happy. But not even the dog is happy in their life. Then the lovely one, there are people that say, oh, my, the boss has changed 10 times my company. And even after 10 times, they're smiling. They're easy to they say, I love change. But that's not true. They hate change. But they pretend to be really, really lovely. I will say that's actually Swiss people. We are so neutral. Everyone loves us because we don't complain. We will never confront you with anything because we are neutral. That's why everyone loves us. The humble one is the one you say, oh, you played the guitar so amazing on stage. They will say, oh, thank you so much. It was not me. I give back the thanks to all the God." Have you ever met people like that? But weekly they're playing the guitar so horrible and you're thinking, what's wrong with God today? So the nodders, they will say, yeah, I say yes to everything because they hate conflicts. They say, it's better to say yes, yes, but you're missing the conflicts. The self-righteous one, they will say, hey, it's not my fault. I'm the only normal person in this world and the rest that behave so weird and crazy. The, the strong softy, they're more strong softy than you ever can think. The strong softy is very simple. And <laughs> when the boss asks them, can you work five minutes more? The softy will say, oh no, it's impossible because I feel right now I'm getting into a burnout. When they come home and the wife asks him, can you put away the trash? he says, oh my gosh, no, I cannot do it because I feel a burnout. But in the only five minutes later, they sit in front of the television to take the remote controller and all of a sudden they have enough energy to open up the beer. Isn't that crazy? So and my question is, I think it's, it's, there's no reason and no benefits to be a hypocrite and have this mask. And Jesus has commanded us to live without those masks. And I want to read the Bible verse in Matthew chapter 23, 25. Before I do that, I want to share you a little bit of the heart of Jesus Christ. Jesus had such a compassion heart for people, right? When Zacchaeus was on the tree, he was super small like me. He said, come down from the tree, I want to eat with you. And he was a sinner. I remember when Jesus saw the people that were in big needs, the heart of Jesus gets very compassionate about the needs of the people. When, when they find a woman and they want to stone her, Jesus said, if no one puts a stone on you, just get up, I forgive you sins, you're free. Walk again with dignity. Jesus was so compassionate about words, how we met people, right? But when it comes to hypocrites, Jesus' language changed dramatically. Are you ready? Matthew chapter 23 25. Who do you? It's like, boom! And it seems that... Jesus gets super super straight who to you you hypocrites you clean the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of greed and self indulgence that means from the outside you shining but the inside is another story and when i read those parts of verses i think oh i'm so happy this has nothing to do with me absolutely more than i think more than a wish and more than a dream And my goal is, as a pastor, and even from a small group, from my family, from myself, is no one is perfect. That's not my point. But I want to be the best version I can be for Jesus Christ. I want to be the best salt and the best light, the best messenger for Jesus Christ on this earth. And God's kingdom is not built on perfect people. That's the good news. It's built on people that are available for God, but they're saying, God, change me, help me, and need you. I want to be the best messenger for you, Jesus Christ. There are three points how we can approach people when we see hypocrisy around our neighborhood or in your small group. Are you ready? The third thing is how can we rebuke people in a good way is through confrontation with the goal of restoration. The goal is always when you see something, you restore people. Restoration is the biggest value of God. Whatever you've done in life, God restores your life. Isn't anyone happy about that fact? The devil will blame you and say, "Oh, you have did it. It's, it's your mistake." God will never do that. And I remember, some years ago, I, jo- I just want to tell stories. It happens many years ago, but in our church, that you can feel comfortable. So, I remember a guy came to me and said, "Pastor Leo, that's my name." I saw. Some men, they are walking behind the church that nobody can see them and they're smoking some cigarettes. They're not smoking in front of the building, behind the building. They are a bunch of hypocrites. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. That's my response. Whoa, 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 whoa. And I ask him, why in the world are you telling me this story? What is the reason you complain? What is the reason you approach me? Is the reason you think they're doing something wrong? They're not good, good people. You wanna lower down their standards? You are happy that you're not the only one? You're weak? They're coming down on your same level, and you're happy about the lifestyle? Or do you really want that God restores those people? It just... A story, or do you wanna push your fingers on people? And what I figure out for me, I speak about me. It's so easy to sp- speak behind the back about a person. It's so easy, but the intention is always: Do you wanna make those people small, or you are share this because that's a close friend? It can be your ex-wife, your ex-man. It can your ex pastor your ex-church. It can be some people they hurt you badly. And you speak behind the back because you think, oh my gosh, they are hypocrites. And if you speak negative about those people, you won't help anyone. That's the point. Only the devils will say, yes, I totally agree. You are amazing. But it's not helpful. And I think our job is when people speak negative about me, and it's not a problem for me, I always ask people, have you also prayed the same moments, the same hours, which you have complained about the people, and then always gets quiet. We are Christians. You can complain. No problem. If you complain five minutes about the person, then pray at least five minutes for that person that God restores that person. That's the difference. Otherwise, you give the devil the glory, and I will not do that. A very famous guy in America, he's a general. He said, never fight a battle where winning doesn't make a difference. And that's a good advice because so often in, in when I was I'm still married, but in the early years in our marriage, I always had a fight a battle with my wife and I always won, because my arguments was always better. But the problem is my winning had no make no difference. That's why fight the battle where winning makes a difference. Amen. The second thing what we can do actually is ask God to help you to confront carefully, carefully with wisdom, with the Holy Spirit. I want to challenge especially Swiss people. We, when we see something, often we say nothing. Because if you say nothing, people like you, they love you, but saying nothing, it's so low. It's not fair. Because I am the result of a leader right now because of a lot of feedback from people. The feedback of people, and if you give me a feedback with email, I want to be honest, my soul doesn't like it. But my spirit will say, thank you so much. You think about me. You give me a feedback. You are so bold, and you make me better. And the response should be, if I see something, if my closest friends, you cannot be quiet, because God wants to use you to help and point your finger on a blind spot that certain people, they don't have. I have some blind spots. Three or four or maybe five. I don't know. That's why we call it blind spots. So here are two examples. You have a small group. You are in a small group. And there's one guy who always comes early. He eats all the chips, drinks all the Coca-Cola. And when you have a conversation, he knows everything better. And he's so harsh and hard teaching other people what they should do. And everyone in the small group knows he betrays his five for many many months, do you know what I'm talking about? And now you ask the question: What should I do? Should I say to him, off oh, from now on, you her you don't eat chips in my house anymore. You don't drink Coca Cola anymore. Chips is over, and drinking is over for you." Is that the right response? Or there's a guy who leads a company, and every Christmas he sends them a Christmas car He speaks about God and Jesus and Mary and Joseph, and all those things. He shares the gospel, but. After Christmas, he's such a bad leader. He, be, he betrays, uh, no, he, he's such a hard leader. He doesn't uh, treat the people right. And then you think, oh, from now on, I don't buy anything anymore from that company. It, it's that helpful? I think it's not helpful. But Galatians gives us the real key in Galatians chapter 1, 6 verse 1. And I love the introductions, brothers and sisters. Brothers, bro and see. If someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. That means we are living with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will give us the right words. And we have that moment the Holy Spirit say, now it's your time gently and wise and approach that person. But check out what he says. But watch yourself who you also may be tempted. And now how can I gently with the Holy Spirit be bold and ask a person? Here is a story what happens all the time in our church. So there's a guy who approaches me and says, Pastor Leo, they thought like Pastor Leo, ISF has a problem, and that problem has to do with you. That's the moment I'm like, Pooh, okay, it's about me. And then they will say, Oh, I spoke with many people, and even my whole, entire small group is agree. And me and the whole and everyone, even the dogs in the small group, everyone is on my side. I don't want to push you. I don't want to manipulate. It means the whole world actually is behind me. This happens all the time in my life. That's why being a pastor, it's always fun. No, now listen to me. This is my response. My response, number one, is a person approaches me, is always, thank you so much for being so bold. It takes boldness to approach a person. I tell you, it's not so easy as it sounds. Because the most people, they say nothing. And they think, oh, I'm a good guy. You just don't have the Holy Spirit because with the Holy Spirit, sometimes you're pushed to have a message. I say, you are so bold, And I love that. I appreciate that. That's really amazing. Then the point number two, I will say, I don't get it why you talk with other people about a problem you see in me. I'm a human being. You can touch me. You can hug me. Why haven't you spoke with me? Your arguments are not getting better because you say my whole small group. It doesn't make better because when you have a point... And I see the point, and I'm really open, it's always enough. The problem is if you include your whole entire small group, I will say half of the small groups will say, I had no clue that Leo has a problem. And all of a sudden they have a problem because they heard about the problem. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's not helpful for a lot of people. I will say, hey, you're not in the position to, to put me into a corner. Do you know when you put a snake, a bear, and a lion into a corner? If you put your wife, your husband into a corner, the only way to escape for the bear and the lion is your lion where you're standing. And that people are getting very verbally, sometimes also mentally, very hard and harsh to you. And the third advice that I will give to you, just ask a question. You are not prophet, you are not God, it's just your parents. If you ask the question, could it be that you have in a certain area a problem? Could it be the question, is an open question that I could say, yes, you're right. And if I say no, I'm also right, but you haven't pushed me into a corner. And this is so very, very important how you address certain things to people. Now I want to go back to the text because I love it. In Galatians 6 verse 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you live by the Spirit, should restore that person gently. And the word restore in the Greek means also you challenge someone. That means actually um, you repair something perfectly perfectly. It's like a A chorus accent. You reperse something gently. And gently means always a very, very open question towards that people. I tell you, if, if you put the person to the corner, this is what the devil does. And it's not a big help, actually. And the cool thing is, in terms of leadership, how we address certain things, all of us, we are learners. And it's also a cultural thing. I know if you're living in Asia, nobody will speak direct to you. If you live in German, that's the lifestyle. And every nation is also different because I know that because I travel a lot and certain things, you can address certain people. But it's important that when the Holy Spirit gives you a word, be honest, go there and ask them something to do. Here is my advice. Never give a comment on social media. Never. I have seen so many Christians are fighting on social media. And you think, I'm the prophet. I'm the keeper of the book of God. I am the keeper of the church. Don't do that. Do you know, there was a guy recently on, on social media and he, he wrote down a comment, Pastor Leo, I, 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 I really um, push you to preach only the word of God. Don't use props. Don't use just the real Word of God, and I asked him, Why in the world are you doing that? He said, That's my job, I'm the, the keeper of the word. But I have 30,000 people that follow me on Instagram, and it's not like under four eyes. The same thing if I go into the Glad shopping mall, I will say, Is there Pastor Leo in the shopping mall of Glad? Pastor Leo, I don't want to teach you, I want to say something to you. And people say, who in the flipping world is Pastor Leo? You don't do that on social media. So many Christians they're doing hard things on social media. Don't do that. You fight a fight, you cannot win, and the devil will say, Oh my gosh, hallelujah! The Christians are not agree. That's not the message. Stop doing that. And if you have a problem, ask that person under four eyes. Here is the point. Actually, there are many points. But if you are not secure, I have this often, I see something by other person, I feel the Holy Spirit is t- saying to me, say something if I'm not, feel comfortable. Ask one person for advice. Asking a person for advice, it's nothing wrong. But not the whole entire group. Just one or two persons, I need your advice. I want to tell you a story just to make the message clear, how you can approach people in terms of a feedback. There was a guy, not from our church, many years ago. It's always many years ago that you feel comfortable. So there was a leader, and um, there had an, an evening, and the leader forgot the, 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 the tablet. And one guy, he's uh, cleaning the room, and he saw there was a tablet. He put the tablet, and he, he had no clue who, who belongs to that tablet, and he touched it, and he see that tablet belongs to the leader. And you know, that leader is married to a wife for many years, but he saw on the tablet love letters to another girl. And he was shocked because in that evening, the leader spoke about honesty and loyalty. And he approached the leader and he said, the leader said, oh no, it's, it's my iPad, but it's not from me. And the leader, he was, he was pretty sure it was the leader and it was obvious and that guy in that group, he could not sleep anymore and said, I want to leave the church because I don't want to serve a leader who is lying to me. He came to me some, some, some years ago and said, Pastor Leo, I need your help. I don't want to leave the church. I love the Lord. I love the local church, but I have a problem. And I know that guy a little bit and said, no problem. I want to do it for you. I phoned that leader. We met in a coffee and I said, hey, I want to share your story. And then that leader gets so upset. He said, it's not true. I have nothing to do with other girls. And I said, hey, don't scream at me. Don't yell at me. I just want to ask you a question. If you do that, you, you are on a road and you know how the road ends. And if you do that, your wife, she will get divorced and your kids are crashed, and you will not serve in the church anymore. And if you haven't done it, no problem. I just want to ask you a question. But why in the world you get so upset? When people get upset, it's often a sign. And here's my point. I'm not in charge for your own marriage. I'm not in charge for your own life. You're not in charge for my life. I was saying, I have to take care for my own marriage, and I will never blame people because I have to work for my own marriage as well. Some month later, it came out that he betrayed his wife for many, many months. The wife, she kicked him out from the house. He's not a leader in the church anymore. He lost a lot of friends. And here's my point. His story with God, it's not over. Amazing grace means all for him. Stand up, be strong again. But what you destroy in that moment It's so horrible. And here's my point. If a friend of you approaches you very friendly, with open question, take it seriously. I asked my small group some month ago (laughs) about hypocrisy in our small group. I said, let's let's be honest. Let's be straight. And I asked them, can you see something in my life where do you think... I wear the mask, but only one thing, not five. So, all of my small group said, you have a problem. Sometimes you repeat something seven times. And that is for us manipulation. You, you ask us seven times until they say, yeah, 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 come, be quiet. I don't get it why you're doing that. Just say something once, maybe twice, then stop it. And I'm so happy about my friends. I don't like what they ask me to do, but I felt they're so right. And now in my small group, if I repeat something twice, it will say two. I said, you are so hard. And here's the point. You need friends in your life which you are accountable why accountability is so important. i tell you why I want to finish the race with Jesus well. And look back in churches and main leaders. I don't mention names right now, but they've fallen. And it seems along the journey something happened. And they have never a person where they can be really, really honest. I want to close with a last question. And that's maybe a hard question is ask God to help you to recognize if you are a hypocrite. In Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, 4, you blind guys, you strain out and gnat and swallow a camel. I like Jesus. He's telling, I I not have even uh, eat a camel feet, but swallowing a whole entire camel. Oh la la. That's amazing. Jesus is saying something, and here's my point: How can you figure out that you have a hypocrisy thing in your life? If something, um, if you see something by the person, it hurts you. You start to criticize. It's often the point where you're struggling. For example, I know some pastors; they are like missionaries, and they don't have a lot of money. And they're living by, by decision a very simple lifestyle. And they believe in a simple lifestyle. But in the same way, they will say, you see there's so many rich pastors and I don't get it why they're rich. I say, I don't get it. I thought you were happy with having nothing. The moment you're criticizing other people, means you have a problem. If you don't have a problem, you will never speak negative about other people. You say, I don't care if you have five Ferraris. I don't need the Ferraris because my feet are faster than your Ferrari. Or if you're rich, why in the world you' you looking down to people that don't have so much as you? That means you, you are not sure if what you have is right. That could be always like a message. And I want to close with a picture, what I love the most. In the, in the New Testament, the first church, they brought all the money together, and it was their decision. There was a couple They sold their house and they pretend of we have given everything but they haven't given everything and here's the story and that's the point what happens in acts chapter 5 verse 4 to 5. did it belong to you before it was sold the house and after it was sold wasn't the money at your disposal what made you think of doing such a thing you have not lied just to human beings but to god when Ananias heard this, he fell down, and with the grace of God and the mercy of God, he was dead. And greater fear sized of all the hurt what happened. I mean, when you read the Bible text, you say, Oh my gosh, that's the reason why I don't want to be honest. But if you hide certain things, Jesus is saying it leads spiritual to death. Why dead? Because if I pretend with my mask, living like in a double moral, I am the divided person. And a divided person is always the moment where the devil sneaks in. And demons can live and the devil is so happy. And Jesus is saying, if you're doing that, you lead your family, you lead to church to death. And death is never a message from God because God turns death, into life. If you're hopeless, into hope. Into sickness, from sickness, into health. And Jesus is saying, the kingdom of God is not built on perfect people. God is perfect. And the bad thing about church is not that the church is perfect because the church is imperfect people. They gather, but we believe in a perfect God. That means, I'm not perfect, but the best thing who lives in me is Jesus Christ, right? And if I'm weak, and if I'm weak, then God is strong in me. And here's the point, and I want to close with a picture. The devil accuses me and says, Pastor Leo, you're not perfect. You have some issues. Yes, I'm not perfect, unfortunately. And then you think, how in the world can God use me? The devil say, God cannot use you. Here is my advice. When you worship Jesus Christ, in your imagination, put two chairs in your room. And the first chair, you will say, devil, sit down. You accusing me, you come to me, you approach me, sit down. And then in the second chair, you said, Jesus, sit down. And now you turn your back to the devil. and You say, devil, look at me to my bottom, to my back. You come to me with flights, you make me so small, I'm not perfect and you give me the idea that God cannot use me. Devil, you lie, you speak so loud, you accuse me all the time. But devil, I wanna tell you I'm not perfect, but here is Jesus Christ and watch and learn how I worship Jesus Christ right now and I give Jesus Christ more weight than to all do your lies then I lift my hands and the devil have to see how I praise my Jesus because Jesus is my healer. Jesus restores my whole entire life. This is what I do. This is what I do. Just put the devil into the right position and make him jealous, make him envy and praise Jesus Christ even though if I know my life is not perfect. Isn't that Amazing. The kingdom of God is not built on perfect people that pretend to be perfect and holy. Don't do that. Healing and salvation takes place. The people that are real and Jesus Christ who lives in me will touch people forever